Good day and welcome to the Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360 and live on the iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Ulysses Vasquez, with Chris Rickey. I'm so glad to have this dynamic duo together again. We're back. We're back. We're back. And we actually have a special guest who I'll just introduce right off the bat. Um, you may have seen him in his selfies, iconic selfies <laughs> that you'll see on Instagram, you see on Facebook. Um, he's so involved and has a, a love for our community. And his name is Chris Murphy. And welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? This is awesome. Yeah. I thought you guys were the regular duo. This is it's. We, well, that's a great thing about the show is that we're we've got you know four hosts and we're you know. We're kind of flexible. That's awesome, and we yeah, um, and we flow in and out with our as our lives. Well, I'm stoked that you guys are having this point of view and getting the conversation going out yeah. there. There's always there's lots to talk about. There and is, so. there is. <laughs> and you know, one thing during the before we went on air, you were kind of mentioning important buildings that meant a lot to you, and you felt yeah. preserved well the history and the essence of Modesto. I'm curious, actually, uh-huh. if there was. One building that was left standing in Modesto. Which one do you feel like your heart is like really in that that building that still stands that's been around for a while in Modesto? Well, right now, I mean, it's 100% the State Theater. Okay. I mean, the State Theater has been saved. For, I mean, I was I was president of the State Theater board back in the early 2000s, and so it's been handheld from from group to group, and now has reached reached a place in our town where it's truly iconic. It's all lit up. It's looking good. It's occupied. They've got great shows. They added the jewel. They added the intermission. Yeah. So it's very vibrant. It is vibrant. You know, and, and there's other buildings that we've lost, you know, that, that, you know, could have been like the Strand Theater just suffered from neglect in the 80s mm-hmm. and it finally just caught on fire and they tore it down. And so I think there's a much more awareness now of these things that are our story. Yeah. And because if you just back it up a bit to our, even the conversation we're having today, Manesto has a fantastic story and a history. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Gallo, original Gallo building from the 30s is right, you know, three blocks from here where they started the winery. You know, we, you have the old fire department. Fire Department 1 is on 11th Street. You know, it's a beautiful Art Deco building. And even that's at risk right now because people want to redevelop it for the stadium, whatever they want to do. But, you know, that's part of our story and our culture. We lost like the Cote d'Oro down on, on Yosemite. And there were just so many great iconic buildings that no longer exist. Burgess Drive-In, for instance, is kind of the hallmark of our whole graffiti experience, which was 9th and O Street. And they demolished that in 1967, and it's a bread outlet. So, I mean, you know, for what we got out of it didn't even match up to what the history of that space was. So. Yeah. Fortunately, we have a more awareness. We got to make sure the Landmark Commission stays active and actually meets on a regular basis. So we're identifying these buildings and putting a plan of attack so that they're preserved. The Hall of Records, for instance, at, at 12th and, and, and I Street, 1938-39 Bauhaus design, 100% needs to be preserved in some form to whatever its future is, whether it becomes apartments, you know, buildings, class A office or whatever it is. But the facade that is so iconic should be incorporated. So there's ways to do it that aren't just saying, don't build in my backyard. Mm-hmm. You can embrace pro- progress, embrace new stuff, but at the same time, recognize what your story is where we came from because I think people, company, young adults, you know, Gen Xers, they crave authenticity. 
It's in their food. They want to know where it's made, where did it come from? I, my, where's my craft cheese made? Where's my belt made? You know, in the same time, you know, what story does your city tell? Yeah, yeah we, I mean, it, it's, it's really it, funny because last night I um, I put a I launched a Facebook ad asking people to join the Landmark Preservation Committee, and because I'm really worried about we're going to lose A and W. Yeah, A and W, and and the thing is, A and W needs to. There needs to be a group of people that say this needs to stay as part of our culture. There needs it, to be a space where Elvis and interpreters and uh, impersonators. impersonators. Yeah, no, I 100. This is where Elvis lives. I, I'm <laughs> I'm down. I mean, we've been talking about the graffiti museum. We're trying to build. What if we put an A and W franchise there? Mm. I mean, so there's these things mean something, and these buildings are put up in the 50s, and the city and the county already have identified this as something that there's flexibility if someone buys it it doesn't necessarily have to be you know brought up to, to current spec because there's a historic value in in the facility mm. and and that's where the conversation gets lost because people think oh i've got to spend two billion dollars upgrading it where yeah. if they once they explore it you know they realize well wait a minute because of its significance i can run it like it is mm. and that's the opportunity to save amw yeah so i look at it well let's let's get it let's make it like the green bay packers man let's create an llc and sell a thousand dollar ownership slices in the amw oh. and then the city owns it absolutely i want to do that to minis before they shut down minis you know yeah, i mean that's just I mean, that these are these shame. are i think that community is interested and I'm, I'm grateful Chris that you did that landmark preservation ad because I will you know, fill it up my son-in-law is on that commission but I'm on the uh, minutes and every every month well the meeting got canceled I'm like what the heck why is this canceled there's you know there's stuff to this do this is my life yeah. I talk to the city about this all the time but it's just the problem is right now and I, we're gonna I know we're gonna get better but we're just we la we need to do two things. Number one, and the city's working on it, so I'm not talking smack here. They they're aware of the problem. They're trying to fix it, but we have to change the bylaws of these committees a little bit to make it easier to reach a quorum. That's number one. Correct. And number two, we have to be more aggressive at recruiting people that are really passionate about this stuff. And three, make it interesting. Show yeah. that there's a value. Definitely. There is a cause and effect to yeah. being on these things, whether it's planning, zoning, building, cultural, arts commission, that if you do this, this can happen. And I think that's where the citizenry at large loses interest because they feel like, oh my God, I'm gonna go to like the 50 meetings or not do anything. <laughs> and, but yeah. I think Chris, to your point, we need to have just a reinvention of what these committees do, how they function, how the well, agendas work, and, and what the output is, and, and even bring it to light at the city council meetings. Mm -hmm. They should be required, in my opinion, to have a report. What did we Absolutely. talk about? What are we doing? What's no on the question. agenda? Yeah. City, I need help on these three properties, and I'm here to report on that to the city council. Put it in the minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, <laughs> I love that, and I agree 100%. And, but I also think that what people don't understand is when you underfund government, it makes it difficult for government to function, period, right? Mm -hmm. And so for, since 08, Modesto's city government has been dramatically underfunded. And what that does is it puts intense pressure on your management structure and on your employees because they're all wearing 100 hats. True. And so what yeah. happens is these guys that are running Culture Commission, Critical co Committee, you know, Entertainment Commission, Landmark Preservation Commission, I could go on and on, all these committees, the staff physically doesn't have enough time to put together the agendas, 
to put together the, oh, mm. shoot, Bob hasn't been here for the last five meetings. He is now out of compliance with our bylaws. Just they physically don't yeah, have exactly. time yeah. to do yeah. it. Um, and that results in the decay of the of the underlying infrastructure of the committee system. No, and that's why it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. And so we are slowly going to rebuild that now that Measure H has gone through. They're well, going to even, do it more even it's not just yeah. Na- yeah. Na- Na- Measure H isn't the panacea for everything because it's an attitude. Attitude's free. Right. You know, True. so, you know, you can be creative and be em- embrace this stuff without even a budget. We all do that. What can you make out of nothing, right? And I, I look at it, I look at it, successes of, you know, we put on Rockin' Holiday in the, in the holiday time in 10th Street Plaza. The city doesn't spend any money on that, but they give us permission because they trust us. Right, yeah. and we deliver a, a beautiful holiday experience yeah. that's no that's free for our citizens. And and that's we got to say, look at these are things that work. Even in tough times, we made this work. So how can we do it even in better times and, and leverage you know, some like of those the Mama awards. It's the same thing, right? Like the Mama Awards, like is something that we do for free the community right. to try to make things better, right? Um, we need more of that. And the city's yeah. best help for us is supporting it. Yeah. And then yeah. how does it go backwards? Take the Mamas, for example. Right. You know, we were named the number one hidden gem city for local music. Mm. Those of us here in local music know that we've got a good scene, yeah. but those of us here know how good it was and how good right. it can be. Definitely. Right. And so the Entertainment Commission has got to work together with the city and then planning and permitting and event management and say, though, okay, we've got something here. How do these five groups work together to really make it a scene mm. where people come from far away? We don't have X-Fest anymore. So we lost that huge draw of 66 bands and you know 20,000 people enjoying you know a very pretty pretty small space pretty yeah. safely so how do we build and make ourselves that music city again how do we reward the talent of these musicians that are creating awesome music how do we not lay this on the back of the restaurants who are hurting already from covid but right now it's the restaurant community that's propping up our music community. Yeah. Yep. And that's fundamentally wrong mm. in that we need to have dedicated spaces for this, dedicated funding for this, you know, dedicated yeah. sponsorship for this. You know, that's I think one of the possibilities there because entertainment is basically free. And entertainment is culture. Yeah. And when people come to town, you know, they, people talk about retail versus entertainment venues. You know, I'm not so sure the retail is always the best answer because I might buy one suit, you know, every couple of months or a computer every couple of months or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I go out to dinner four times a week. Yeah, I'll go. I'm going to a concert Thursday night at the Gala Center, Friday night at Oakland at the Fox Theater and Saturday night at the Fruit Yard. People will go out to dinner and go to entertainment over and over and over again. So talk about refreshing our, our mm. pool, refreshing our, our economic base. Entertainment's like the ocean coming in. Every day it brings a new thing and it, it it's recyclable. Well, it, yeah, <laughs> it just what it does is it just it just puts a big burst of energy into your your downtown um, retail and your downtown restaurant scenes. It's like, I've got to go to a concert on Thursday. I need a new 
get up to get yeah. to you know even, I'm gonna go out to dinner yeah. I'm gonna go show and have cocktails afterwards right. mm-hmm. and it's TOT tax it's mill tax it's sales tax it and, all and is complimentary that's, then yeah. ties right back into major age yeah yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I I really love the passion that you guys that you know we're sharing in this space and I, I think it does start with looking backwards at what are the parts and cultures that we want to preserve and then also looking at how you know, we can partner with the city, how citizens can partner with the city to really bring that refreshing entertainment scene for families, for young adults, for all ages. Uh, and I think it's going to benefit everybody. And so we'll talk more after the break about what we envision, what we're dreaming here uh, for Modesto. You've been listening to The Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360 and live on the iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Ulysses Vasquez, co-host Chris Rickey, and our very special guest, Chris Murphy. We'll catch you after the break. Hello, this is the Better Modesto Show on KFIB 1360 and live on the iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Ulysses Vasquez. I'm joined here with my co-host, Chris Rickey. Good morning. Good morning. Or good, or good evening, <laughs> good or good afternoon. afternoon, and good night. And buenas noches. Ver- buenas noches. Good day. Good yeah. day. And our very special guest, Chris Murphy. Glad to be here. Yeah, and thanks for being here and sharing your passion. I, I'm learning so much, and I know our listeners are learning so much, and I think feeling empowered and being like, wow, how can I also, like, learn more about the city, get involved in the commission? How can I make sure I vote so that measures pass like measure H so that we can support our city and support our government so that we can get the most out of our city and you know one thing I've been thinking about recently as y'all are talking about the culture of Modesto is I come first generation here my parents came first gen from Mexico uh, and I'm first gen now born here born and raised in Modesto and it's interesting to see like how the city and how like Crow's Landing little Mexico is intersecting you know, our cities together. You know, we have people like Eric Alvarez who's able to be representative on city council and talk about, you know, Hispanic Heritage Month. And so it's, it's cool as we're thinking through some of these things, like what that looks like for a person of color to kind of join the, the story. Like what are the parts that are gonna be preserved? Like what was the 80s culture with the cruising looking like um, as a Latino? And it's cool to see, you know, these limousine, limousine clothes, uh, these cruising clubs, uh, coming out that are also like excited about cruising. Oh, you this know? Is, it's so so cool to see the intersection of it. I, I believe Modesto has a huge opportunity. I mean, I think I mean we should encourage a collision of the cultures. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I I am so excited about what the lowrider community did for cruising. I mean, all of those seventeen car clubs came together to show that this can be done. I mean, yeah. It was something that was part of their culture, something that meant a lot. And then that that thing happened kind of on its own, you know, with, with the folks doing that. But at the same time, I love our rockabilly history. Yeah. And you look at, you know, the, from 1938, Maddox Brothers and Rose basically invented the genre of rockabilly music with the slap and bass. And then that caught on to Bill Black and the and the Blue Moon Boys, who it's Elvis's band, which caught on to Rock Around the Clock, which was the opening song in American Graffiti with Stray Cats, you name it, Big Sandy and the Fly Right Bites. And now rockabilly is its own art scene. Mm. But you look what's happening with rockabilly, the Latinos are 
taking rockabilly to the next level. They're blending it with the cars and blending it with the culture. So you look at the origins of rock and roll and how the Latinos are really bringing so much more to make it even more exciting. Yeah. Viva Las Vegas and all these shows are incredible. Tony Trevino and the guys here in town doing his Rick, you know, Rock and Rick and the Rhythm Wranglers. You know, the, so you've got this rockabilly thing, which is cars, art, and music with the Latino and the lowrider clubs bringing their cars and wanting to be seen and heard. And not only that, taking our streets back. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, trying to build this graffiti USA museum, I mean, that's a really big project for us. And I look at, I look at the lowrider car culture and the Latino car culture, Mesto Customs, I think it is mission critical mm. because I don't know, Chris, you see it. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's kind of a metaphor. We talk about Crow's Landing, and I think it's like we always look at downtown development and we never jump the tracks. Hmm. And I think we need just to, in our heads, Modesto needs to jump the tracks. Yeah. You know, just culturally. And it's like you bring these people together. I mean, together. I want to start snapping right now. I mean, yeah. yeah. There's a richness of yeah. the, the, this culture, the Assyrian culture and all yeah. that stuff. And we need to flat out, how do we make it mix? Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, I think the Graffiti Museum is a great example of that, right? Like... If we want to truly make cultures mix, like the Graffiti Museum should have a whole section dedicated just to lowriders, you 100%. know, those car, those car yeah. clubs. Those, That's where they could park their cars, they can put them on their display. Now, our lowrider community is volunteering at the museum a couple days a week. That's amazing. They're involved, they're engaged, and they're speaking up. Do they have like a space that they own? Well, them? right now it's under construction. So I mean, okay. but but we've had Rosemary and, and Till, you know, Till's car up on front. We've had we've had a whole group of, of the lowriders in there. I love it. Yeah. And and I think and I think you know these these when these cultures collide, it makes it better. Yeah. And I just find it, you know, you go out to the car shows. And you look at who's bringing their families mm. to these events. Yep. It's the Latino community. Yep. Mm -hmm. And their parents or their grandparents have these cars and the kids are doing it. And now the younger kids are doing it. It starts off with the bike they're working on. And I mean, you know, I don't even want to think for a second this is pandering at all. I mean, but because I think this community is super important mm -hmm. it's super important our music I mean, our it's food, not pandering our culture, if you everything. give them ownership right yeah. if right. they have control yeah. if they get to make the decisions yeah it's just and they did it it's I mean, just a being inclusive be, yeah because it, of them cruising's legal in our town that's right yeah. and you know kevin veline did a piece in the in modesto b a couple days ago well how's it going well guess what it's going great and none of the bad stuff happened that they said was going to happen mm. and and it was so great Here's where I here's where Chris has been such a huge facilitator in our community because you know MPD was really supportive of what of this happening after they learned about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so funny. Those of us who actually cruise back in the day, you know, it's like there's so there's some people saying, so when does the cruise start? Well, it doesn't really start. It's not like a concert. It's not from six to nine. Mm -hmm. You know, people roll in, they cruise, and they roll out. They go to dinner, and it's this organic thing. And a lot of people just didn't understand it because it was always through the frame of graffiti night, and it was from six to nine on a certain day. But it's it's so much more of an organic thing when you learn about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and every culture cruise is different. You know, like yeah. the other night, uh, my wife and I we 
we got her. I got we got her a Jeep, you know, last year. Okay. So I'm very excited about it. So we took the top off. For us, cruising was going up and down McHenry a few times in the Jeep with the top off, banging a little reggae, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But that's that's how we did it, right? But and then you pull for, off and get something to dinner at one of your places, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. I mean yeah. that. But it was it was really awesome. We got to. You know, like see the guys in lowriders and be like, "Hey, what's hey, up?" And they're hey. like, "What's up?" And like, it was it was really cool. And, and I, I just know? wanna I wanna also just yeah, just affirm the stuff that you're saying. I, I really do feel like now is a beautiful time. Better, you know, now is the best time to start making that that inter- intersection and bringing the cultures together. And I think that's gonna make Modesto so much vibrant. Uh, you know, as and I think almost like bringing the two cultures that have been there the whole time, right? And yeah. I think this is, I mean, and it sounds like what I'm hearing is that the cruising, the cruising Museum is going to be that, looks like one example of that crossover where people, you know, have a voice at the table, people are volunteering, they're excited, they're getting that kind of space uh, to be making decisions and help bring input to see what, to dream what this is going to look like. So I think that's amazing that the work that's doing and it's cool your story about that. Hey, hello, neighbor. Right across the way as you're driving <laughs> no, around. No, it is. And, 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 and there, there is. A, there's a, there, just, it's, it's a head nod. Hey, you know, it. and it's like, all right, I dig your car. I dig your space. I dig yeah. what you created. Yeah. And what, you, what you're bringing to this table has value. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that people just want to be heard. You know, it's like exactly. at like a city council meeting, they want to be heard. They want to make sure that people are listening. You know, and, and I think that's when we start building a lot of community trust is, you know, take the stuff that works, do more of it. You know, find the stuff that builds the walls and do less of it. You know, it's really not that rocket science to figure out how we make this work. And a lot of this stuff is we're just we're we're fighting. You know, decades of like cultural racism, essentially. You know, and like and like people's you know preconceived notions and, and stuff like that. And and when you start feeling the reality, it's like. You know these these lowriders are a hundred thousand dollar cars. You aren't getting a convertible '62 Impala SS for less than a hundred Gs. And those cars happening. aren't going to be. You know, <laughs> and those cars aren't the ones doing the burnouts. They're in the not. Yeah, yeah. You're not doing a burnout in your hundred thousand dollar Impala. It's not happening. And so I think that's just that's just one example of, of of the way we can function together. And you know, I look at urban planning and urban redesign, and we look at economic development, and we do these things that say, how do we want our downtown to be? And it's like, why does it all end at the railroad tracks mm-hmm. you know this needs to go to third street this needs to go all the way to modesto high school yes. you know let's not just think about you know this side of the tracks for the stadium what about re rebuilding over there on, at muni and saying what if we took that investment there and then used that to lift the, that side uh, of the I mean, town i think yeah. that and that is a huge Potential. Yeah, I do not the stadium. Think, I mean, it's just a factor uh, of how can yeah. you build it and can you bring there, it. There are but, so many questions there that haven't been answered. Yeah, but I don't yeah. think anyone. First of all, who even knows if we're going to do one at all? But like, I love people, the idea. When, but when people, when people know, look at it, like yeah. a lot of people, myself included, are probably I'm more supportive of the idea at Thurman because we can team up with other government agencies to take on some of the costs we already own the land well, and that, like, that, that's your silver that that's part your, of yeah. that's that part of town 
needs Neither. redevelopment. Definitely. So to me, it seems like a good idea. I also understand the argument about putting something downtown. I, I, I see like, it both sides, but, but it, like it, I don't know if it's. But if you can't, if you can't accomplish one, yeah. don't abandon the idea. Exactly. You know, there right. there's a plan B, and you you because you could actually take. I mean, I can see Muni being new ballpark and a top golf. Oh yeah. You know, and then oh, take the the old you know, and you still keep on playing while they're at at the John Thurman while you build the new one, and then take John Thurman and make it junior ball or whatever it is right. I mean or soccer or whatever I mean there's so many possibilities yeah but like what people don't understand also is that like Major League Baseball has set up a list of requirements for us for baseball that if we want to keep the nuts we're gonna to have to spend 15 million dollars that's the question who the us is uh, yeah well yeah. I, I know who, <laughs> let me let me be clear I know who Major League Baseball thinks the us is and who is that government oh okay you know um, I know what government thinks it's the private sector not government <laughs> right like we don't want to spend that so so you have a just a so like it's a right it's off just, the bat we have a misunderstanding of who's going to accomplish it well yeah. it's we've got a lot of people just kind of like staring at each other yeah like, I mean I know. love it I love what Dale's doing I love what Evan and these guys are. I love the initiative of it I think it needs to happen I think we just need to be fluid about where it can happen and, and hope that we get one yeah. you know I'd rather I'd rather find a secondary place than not have one. <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody just to give us a plan. Yeah. Mm. Of like what like there's a lot of talk, but I haven't seen any actual real like this is how much it's gonna cost. This mm -hmm. is where it's gonna be. This is how much the private sector is putting in. I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, then then one of that things might lead to air travel and getting the airport back open yeah, for commercial God, we need that there's so bad. Nice inter interconnection there. Um, I'm going to wrap this up, and I actually want to give a shout-out to the Modesto Nuts, who just won their first playoff game. Modesto Nuts. And they're playing again tonight, right? Tuesday, and yeah. they are playing again tonight away. But shout-out to, it was a walk-off uh, walk home run, I think. And yeah, so was, in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah. So congratulations to them. Go Nuts, right? Go Nuts, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Next year they're going to be promoted to double A. Hey. Oh, wait, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> That's soccer. I screwed that. I messed you, that up all the time. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360 and live on the iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Alyssa Vasquez, co-host Chris Ricky, and we're joined with by our very special guest, Chris Murphy. We'll catch you after the break. Welcome back to the Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360 and live on the iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Ulysses Vasquez, with co-host Chris Ricky and our very special guest, a passionate advocate, person who has generated so many ideas for our city, <laughs> for the betterment of our city, Chris Murphy. Uh, you might know him for his awesome uh, Instagram selfies that he posts at many different events. So he's always out in the community supporting so many local events and... Um, yeah, it's a wonderful smile to see and to share right here in person. Oh, it's good to be here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's um, fun because Chris and I have known each other for so long. I mean, I remember that we, our, our relationship started. Uh, 98? 98. Wow. We, we were raising money. <laughs> I almost said that synchronized. We were, we were raising money for the, for the Griseta Park Playground. And uh, B93, working with B93, brought him down to, uh, to brought, uh, Chris came down to do a concert, a free concert to raise money for Playground with Sixpence, None the Richer, Julie Plug. And then it was a great day, did raise a lot of money, helped a lot, and went to lunch at El Faro, Mexican man, food, I miss which is, I missed, oh man, I, steak Wait, El Faro? 
El Faro, right there was El Faro. It was on the corner of, of Orangeburg and McHenry. Interesting. And the K5 listeners will remember El Faro. The okay. steak fundido and was amazing. And the coleslaw. Listeners, if you're listening, make sure to send us an email it is. or share We need it a to new us. El Faro, that's for sure. What was your favorite L- Luis Fergoso, if you're listening, we need El Faro bag. Steak fundido. Okay. With, with, with uh, crinkle fries, the oh, coleslaw. Oh, stop it. I'm just rice. That place so oh, much. man. And the beans and then this col- the, just salsa. Oh. Man, I, I, where where we going for dinner? <laughs> so, but it, no, but the, these things—I mean, these things were there's so much stuff to build on, you know, around our town. And, and talk about where we go from here—is you know, I think downtown's magic. And you know, we get accused a lot in the Modesto view of saying you guys talk about downtown all the time. And it's like you're right, I do, mm-hmm. because down, cities are only as healthy as their downtowns, and the cities that fail have rotten downtowns. And you see it all across the United States. When the downtown starts falling apart, people start moving out. When the core goes, then you've, you've lost something. So my opinion is that Modesto is kind of this magic size of city where downtown is big enough to have the stuff we want. It's not too big where we can't keep it under control or, or, or make a change in it. And actually has the potential, I believe, to expand. Yeah. You know, there's a whole new process of, of redesigning North 9th down the old highway, the old historic 99 that used to run right through downtown. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I believe, you know, we're, we're building the museum, the Graffiti USA Museum at the corner of Caldwell on historic 99. And so there's an opportunity there. I'd love to see MJC be included in downtown and the whole little arts community where Contentment Brewery and the silos are. And if, I don't know what that means really to have it become part of downtown, but I think there's there's ways like zoning and form-based codes where there may be opportunities to reuse buildings that would be, you know, included in the, in the form, in the, in the, Upgrades because you already have sewer, you already have water. There might be an advantage being in downtown for these. I mean, things. the way you do yeah. it, I think, yeah. is like you start defining it. Like this, these geographical markers, this geofence is going to be our arts district, for yeah. example. Right, and then what does that mean what in terms of mean? incentives like, and all that and stuff? Like, and here, you get these facade improvements included if exactly. you open these kind of businesses. You. We can create incentives, right? Like, I think it's a great idea. And here's another, I mean, here's an example of something that's happening right now that I would love to be able to move the needle on is there's there, the old Penoir Hotel, which is down on North 9th, is, is, is in the process of being converted to low-income housing. But they're gonna have to remodel the entire thing to do this. Why can't it be remodeled in the style of an old 50s hotel, mm. motel along Route 99? Yeah. And make it, so I mean, it, it doesn't cost really any more to make it look classic retro than it does to remodel it to current conditions, but it fits our narrative. Mm-hmm. We got the graffiti museum, we have our history of American graffiti, the, all our, our heritage. We have a public works project. Why can't that look like a really cool hotel from the old travel days? And I, I mean, mean, it's uh, so obvious. And, yeah. But, but, like, but, how, do, like but how, how do we make it happen? Yeah. You know, it's like I've talked to Jessica Hill. Jessica Hill likes the idea. But how do we get it from a bunch of people talking about it, saying, all right, we got the funding. We've got to do this renovation. Let's put a super cool neon sign out in front that, that draws the traveler's eyes like it used to in the old you know, mm. highway days. Yeah. You know, the pre-interstate days when, they were, when highways actually went through downtowns. Yeah. You know, that would be a great thing to say. We can do a public works project, make it fit our narrative design wise. It's only 500 feet from the graffiti museum. So now we've got a zone here that starts to have this cool 
crafty look to it, you know, at no extra cost. Yeah, I mean, but this is like this is like the more of the conversation we need to have, right? Like when you look at zoning and you look at facades and stuff, like Santa Fe, I always go back to that. Like they've got they know what they look like. Right. And when you go into Santa Fe, you know you're in Santa Flagstaff, Fe. Like Williams. They you know, all it, look yeah. the same, right? Mm-hmm. They they have you know where you are. In right. Modesto, you don't. Yeah, and wouldn't it be great to know when you're going down 9th Street exactly where you are? We know what we're and, looking at. You know, right? I, I think yeah. that's something we have to fix. We have to drive that in, you know? Yeah. And, and like, another thing, we're talking about narratives, right? Like, you talk about downtown, you know, and like, some back in the day, people would, would say things like, oh, I don't feel safe downtown and stuff like that. And one of the things we need to do if we're going to grow as a city is defeat those narratives. People that say downtown is unsafe, that is categorically untrue. And they haven't mm-hmm. been here. They say, and you ask them the follow-up question, when's the last time you've been here? Oh, eight years ago. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. it's like... <laughs> and it wasn't unsafe then either, by the way. Yeah. You know, here's, but here's, like, here's an example of where we failed and where we can fix it, however, though. People will tell you, I feel unsafe. What does that mean? Yeah. So five years ago, there was a study done and it said J Street is not well lit. It's not. J Street's kind of well lit up to 13th Street, but from 13th, I mean from 14th up to the five points, it's dark. So we know what to do. We haven't done it. The idea right now is that if you're one of these downtown organizations, you would say, "I I want J Street to be lit up like a Christmas tree all year long with lights, market lights, because I want people to be able to walk safe from Jack in the Box all the way down to the to the Brendan Theater. Yeah, I want to be. I want people to be able to go up to Dew's Restaurant and feel like I'm completely safe. So these are the things that make people feel that way. Yeah, and we know what to do. And simple upgraded lighting on J Street would be. So what's the hold up on that? You tell me, Mr. City Councilman. <laughs> yeah, City Councilman. You know, I mean, no, we know what to do. Like, who's like who's? I mean, that's not even expensive. But but see though, so that's an example of where we know what to do just, and just haven't done it's it. It's just because the, the people right? tell like, you yeah. what makes them uncomfortable, you know. And like I, I have a house full. I raise girls down here. I mean, it's like you know, my girls were always you know looking around. I mean, they're also we travel the world a lot. We don't need to park in front of our restaurant to go enjoy a restaurant. I park on 13th and walk to 10th all the time mm. because it's easier. I park my car, get a walk, and Absolutely. enjoy walking past the State just, Theater and yeah. Leto and everything. Yeah. And, and a few steps in, yeah. And, and so we know what to do, we gotta do it. So that's kind of the common sense. Now that we have Measure Age, and now that we have these things, there's a short list of stuff that we know J Street needs to be well lit up. I, I think that 10th Street is our promenade between the Doubletree Hotel and the Gala Center. Every single building along that thing should have neon signage like the Brendan. Yeah, it should totally. be a neon way where people come down just to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And you got you got the you know, the new goat has a neon sign. We get Marie Rodine to put up a neon sign. You get mm-hmm. Ann Ensley to put up a neon sign. It's not that complicated, but there just has to be a thing that says, let's light this street up. Let's make people just come to see it yeah. because yeah. it's amazing. And then by the way, then they're gonna go visit everything and, and check it out. But you know, you, the Brendan and the state are examples of how amazing these buildings can look look like. It. Yeah. And I think it's a matter of permission. I think if the city just said, you know what, 10th Street between L and, and I Street, you can do whatever you want with neon. 
Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. And yeah. people would go, wow, I can put whatever sign I want. It's a self-fulfilling thing because neon's expensive. Mm-hmm. So you can't be that elaborate. Yeah. But if you were, it would be pretty cool. People go, people go to Las Vegas to see a boneyard full of old neon signs. They go to the Neon Museum, which is basically a couple of vacant lots with all the old neon signs stacked up and plugged in. Yeah. You yeah. think about how that motivates and you look, I am so proud of the State Theater. You know, Sam and Brian, Sam Piertsdorf and Rui and Brian and Laura Jeannie, we were at outside the intermission the other night and you look at that corner and you're proud of our city. Yeah. You're proud of the way they thought. Yep. They, they said, we're going to make this look so amazing that every single person who walks by feels good. Yeah. And I think that can be done in so many places to deliver. Our job is to make magic. It's yeah. a job to, our, our, to excite our kids. Our kids need to go up, grow to go to school wherever they want to, but know they can come home, get a cool job here, raise their kids. And that's how Modesto survives, period. End of yeah. story. Yeah. If we don't well, like get we, the kids yeah. coming back from college, this is how our story ends. And it's our job to make sure those young professionals come here, love it. Food, music, entertainment, arts, good schools, parks, safe places to walk. This is really yeah. a pretty yeah. simple recipe. When you were talking earlier about how we need to um, you know, go across the, the tracks, and we've done that. Like We got that new 7th Street promotion yeah. production. Sorry. 7th Street building that we're building, you know, the 79 apartment units. Connected to an ACE train station. Plus the Virginia Trail will be connected to it, which yeah. is going to unlock that whole across the tracks thing you're talking oh, about. I'm amazing. sorry, I know we need to no, get up no, the exactly, break. But. So there's so many exciting projects that are being named here, and we'll talk uh, after the break. You've been listening to The Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360 and live on the iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Liz Vasquez. Chris Ricky and our very special guest, Chris Murphy. Catch up to the break. Welcome back to the Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360 and live on the iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Ulysses Vasquez, with my co-host, Chris Ricky, and a very special guest, someone who just loves our community and wants to see it thrive for just generation and all the future kiddos that are gonna come by our city, and that's Chris Murphy. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been such a one honor, honestly, to be in the space, and it's awesome. I, I think in a time where we can hear so many things about Modesto, you know, depending on the space you're in, and some of those realities are the safety, some of those people in infrastructure and, and lit up street lights is not a reality for everyone in our community. Mm. And I know we're doing work and we're having people who are on the ground who are advocating for that stuff. But I think the the dream is that we have that for the different sections of our community. And it's really cool to know that, especially with just the example of the lowrider community, that there is a bridge that is being done from one side of the track to the other. Uh, I know for myself growing up, Downtown was a very foreign place, very foreign. I grew up on the south side of Modesto, other side of the Ninth Street, and yeah, like downtown was where I went to go get McDonald's, my happy meal, my grandma. <laughs> After we took the bus on Max and we went back, you know, back to the west side, or she dropped me off back on the south side, and so that was our one-stop shop. That's all I knew on that corner, and so for me as a young professional coming back from school. You know, it has opened my eyes so much to what this city has to offer. 
you know, now I'm like a member at the state theater and I get my my passes and stuff and my siblings go out and we go to the the, the donut cartoons, Saturday morning yeah. cartoons or seeing Digital Nest and taking a tour of that space and excited to hear about the Children's Museum. Uh, and I just love that all those things like on the price point, on the accessibility, it's it's for the families, you know, and also other entertainment parts for young adults. It's for them and for the people who are older. They have things for them. And I think that kind of draw is going to be what, you know, what is needed in downtown, but also in the different spaces in all their communities that have their own culture. I know I was at a listening session once for uh, at a West Side, on the West Side, and I was at the the King Kennedy Center, and there was someone who was as we, we were hearing them out, and and they were they were sharing. He's like, you know what? Let's be real. Like no one who goes to downtown comes over here to the West Side because. We're like what restaurant do we have? Like what other than the the Modesto Nuts? Like they'll go to the game and they go to downtown. And so I think this kind of gradual this this dreaming of what that Muni area will look like, you know, does it look like to have some shops? So do you have some top golf and see you know make sure they don't fly into the river yeah. kind of thing? <laughs> you know, that's something to draw people also to downtown, but also to expand to see, hey, there's other neighborhoods that have their own culture. It's so cool seeing um, the Lowrider and the Independence Day celebration of Mexican Independence Day happening over there in the Crow's Landing area. And just seeing that, like, hey, if you want to go and interact and just get exposed to Mexican culture at a greater capacity, I mean, what a great opportunity. And it's open to everybody to see some really cool cars and have some really cool vendors and food and stuff. And so I think it's cool to also see downtown growing and also seeing the development, the activities, the festivals also expanding, which is open to everybody. So you can come on out from Graciada area or for the for the site up there by Enox. Like, hey, man, today I want to go get some really good tacos today and learn more about Mexican culture. I can go do that and explore. That's and true, I, yeah. You know, and it's it's such a cool way, I think, as we bring people to the table and also we also explore and be curious about who are the other people in our community who maybe I haven't interacted with. And I think that's that's how we get to know our neighbors more. Is that that, that contact? No, and like as we're as we're evolving, as the city keeps evolving, we need to we need to keep we need to look at it with the vision that like our city's demographics are changing. Um, we're going to be a far heavier Hispanic city going forward. Yeah, considerably more. Like it's going to be, at, I'd say minimum seventy thirty. It looks like you mm-hmm. know in the next decade. Yeah, it was or so. all the kiddos at Minnesota School. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. when we're planning these things, we need to keep those things in mind. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? What does that culture need to thrive? Yeah, you know, and to to have also a view like a a just like we have Modesto Cruz and we're in, we're organizing in the art scene and things like that. How is it that Latino art? can be represented in that artsy kind of community, oh, time, right? Yeah. And so, like, also bringing those conversations so that they can also see, because they're also developing the future for their kiddos when they come back, and they're like, oh, look at look at our, our culture and how we're, where it was in the history of Modesto, and then now where we're going and how we've become part of it and how we're also developing that. So it's like a shared vision. Well, it, it really is, and, and I think that the more the more opportunities we have, I mean, more people need to explore the Crow's Landing shopping area. Yeah. That Crow's Landing and Hatch area, 
amazing food, amazing stuff. And plus, there's some there's some funky little thrift stores out there and stuff like I, I always I get my party supplies all the time out there. Yeah. You know, and because it just it's got a bunch of stuff that you never see. Yeah. Hey, but, if you've been to the to any of the meat counters at any of the supermarkets on Crow's Landing, oh, like I, it it embarrasses anything else on any other part. Well, of you town. got you got you got the Viva out there on Paradise Road where they're grilling the chickens out there. Right. You can't drive by there without stopping. <laughs> and by the way, Paradise Donuts, Paradise Donuts out there is is amazing. I drive across town to go to Paradise like, Donuts. I'm not worried about Crow's Landing at all. Yeah. It is developing it and is. it is going to be amazing and it's thriving. And and but I think to, to your point, I am more worried about the Paradise area though, like where John Thurman is. It's just also, not. It doesn't have the same level of of culture and success right now. And, and also the area of Mancini and that area by Tuolumne School, that's a pocket that I, I would say is, this is the one I grew up in. By Roseland right there and everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it has, it has now it has a K, K through 8th school there and it has like a new science center and state-of-the-art stuff. And, you know, Mancini is getting its new update, but there's no right. community center in that area. And there's so many kids and then, you know, in for, those communities. For, I think one of the most important things is you have the IV program over at Modesto High. Yeah. And you know, my kids went, my kids were Lakewood, La Loma, Mohai. And, and it was the best experience for them because they grew up in a school that was really culturally interesting. Yeah. And they had their, they had their IB program, but everybody got together over there. I mean, the black hole over there was everybody at yeah. that school, people on leadership. And, and those are areas, that's just an example of one way that everyone kind of mixes together with a common purpose. And you look at the safety statistics of Modesto High, it's one of the safest high schools in town right. because that community respects that school school you look at you look at how infrequently it's tagged because the community respects that school they feel ownership yeah and i think those are the things we have to kind of illuminate and celebrate so that people there's more familiarity with them it's like you're saying coming to mcdonald's one block further is the gallo center and all those things yeah and and but people don't make that trek the one block further to see what's on the other side of that street. And that's what we need to encourage. There's a new Starbucks downtown. Oh, God. (laughs) Pushes buttons. Yeah. I mean, mean, since we're on that point, I mean... You went somewhere. I'm curious. No, but the point is, where where do we want to go? Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, I've been involved and Chris has been involved and Ulysses, you probably have too, these sessions. What do we want to do? We want to get people together. We drop these pictures. We put sticky tabs all over the wall. We, these are the things we want. We want live workspace we want professional office we want apartments we need all of these things in our downtown through starbucks and, and was not on the list oh the not on the list <laughs> but but the point was is that what we all got together and what the design firm showed was this train station surrounded by first floor retail professional and live workspaces that's what the community said they wanted and what did we get a drive-through Starbucks on one of the busiest intersections at 9th and J Street. Yikes. There's no business. Did we already there. have a drive-through Starbucks in downtown? Oh, no. we do. Yeah, we do. So it's but, uh, 17th Street. It's 17th Street. Yeah. yeah. But there's a piece of vacant land, I think, at the corner of K Street and 9th Street that I think the city owns that used to be a restaurant that could have been a drive-through Starbucks in the mm-hmm. transit station. Uh, but I'm just saying it was the wrong. I mean, I'm not knocking Starbucks, but I do shop at Preservation and Mocha Magic and Queen Bee. There we go. Penny University is coming up. Yeah, Penny University. Hopefully someday. Let's get it open, guys. I'm excited about that. Diva's back, and Lorena's working at Mocha Magic now, so that's cool. But there's so many interesting things down there. But having a drive through, it's the wrong use of space 
for Ace Train after work. It's not open in the evening, so it's not part of the nightlife scene. So, you know, let's do better. Let's do what people want and let's execute what people say they needed. Agreed. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's exactly what we're talking. We come up with these visions of what we want stuff to look like and then somewhere along the line it just, they just don't plug stuff in yeah it's weird and, and it's like it's and nobody said this is what we wanted and you stand there I sit there every time at the light and look at the line of the, the drive through the line trying to get out the line backed up at the light at 9th street just going where I, like where's the traffic study on this is there one mm. I mean you might be able to get it I haven't seen it but anyway, love I don't want to digress on that because we're, we're getting we're getting we're getting short of our time. But because there are so many things that this town loves to volunteer. And I believe what makes Modesto special is we have a large amount of people that volunteer their time and money and their treasure. We have people that get together and build stuff. They we, we preserve stuff. We support the arts. But we need more of those people. Yeah. So our next generation needs to know what giving back and getting involved is. Yeah. And it needs to be part of our culture to say, look at this. We don't have to. This is not a lot of the stuff we're building down here isn't for us. Yeah. It's for the kids behind us. Mm -hmm. And that's what the head you have to wear. Yeah. This is not my thing. I'm not building it for me. I'm building it for the kids, like Graffiti Museum. This is the kids growing up now. I look at it as like Cars Land. How many kids run through Cars Land that have never even been to Highway 66 before, but they love it? Most That's of That's what we can build here. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm inspired after this conversation, and I appreciate you, Chris, for being a trailblazer and for being a role model in what it means to be an advocate for being passionate for getting involved in commissions so thank you for leading the way and also leading with your heart and so i appreciate you know your time and your passion and yeah it's 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 amazing and inspiring and i hope our listeners and i know our listeners also will will feel that from uh, this conversation i so, appreciate that and that's that's what the reason why i did that is why i started modesto view magazine is we needed a positive narrative 24 7 well, I appreciate that, and I think uh, our show and all the amazing things that are being worked on in our city are going to continue move in that positive direction. So thank you for listening to the Better Modesto Show on KFIB 1360 and live on the iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Alyssa Vasquez, Chris Ricky, and our very special guest, Chris Murphy. Thank you for joining us. 